Hi, I'm a Wilkes. I'm a Nelson. I'm a Grop. And I'm a Spute. And we call ourselves the Wings. It's an acronym. We are just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation under His wings. Welcome back, everyone. We are glad you have joined us. A few weeks ago, our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, met together via technology all over the world, and our prophet and apostles delivered inspired messages in a conference. Mm, didn't you just love that last session? It was so good. Oh, really good. It's absolutely amazing. And I've been thinking lately how, how blessed we are that these leaders prayed fervently to Heavenly Father so that they would know exactly what to say to us. And, you know, I know that we all feel it's so important for us to reflect on these words, these topics. We have decided and to discuss some of these talks over the next several podcasts. I know I am really excited to hear your impressions and your thoughts, girls. Um, I also feel impressed to say to those listening that I believe the Spirit will speak truth to you, and you will also learn exactly what the Lord needs you to know, not through our words or even our experiences, but through the Spirit. And if you have any thoughts, feelings, or insights that you would like to share with us. We absolutely love to hear them. So we want you to reach out to us and tell us. You can share them on our website, which is allunderhiswings.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page, not that we're faithful on that at all. I don't even know if we've done anything on it, but we will try to work on that, people, you know. But um, today, we decided that we wanted to really um, delve into the talk by Elder Uchtdorf and discuss some of those thoughts that he gave in his talk entitled, God Will Do Something Unimaginable. Elder Uchtdorf told us about the Latter-day Saints in the Salt Lake Valley when they were building the Salt Lake Temple. They laid the foundation and then U.S. soldiers came in to put a new governor in the land. And so the prophet Brigham Young at the time told them to bury the foundation to stop building the temple. Um, soon the danger passed and they excavated those the, the dirt and, and got down to the foundation and they inspected those sandstone blocks that they had used and noticed that there were large cracks in them. And um, they knew, you know, Brigham Young said that he wanted that temple to be able to last through the millennium. And so they decided to put in granite foundation instead. And so um, the repairs were made, and those granite foundations were put in so that there was a solid foundation that would last for generations. Um, I love that story because it just it showed how, how God knew. God knew that... <laughs> that had they kept building that temple, the the foundation would not have lasted. They needed to be able to to have. Sometimes there's a danger, right, that comes mm -hmm. along, and or or something that we feel is is an adversity or a, a stumbling block, and yet the Lord knew that 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 needed to happen that just that way. I just had a thought. Can you imagine the saints when? 
Brigham Young said, okay, go and cover this all up. And they had oh. worked so hard. I wonder what their thoughts were at oh, the moment. Karen, are you because kidding me? Because they had no idea. Yeah. What? After all that work. What? Mm-hmm. And then to find yeah. out. And then, Years worth of work. Right. And right. then they knew. Oh. But it's so hard. It, was, it had to yeah. have been a long time before that happened and yeah. they could see. See why mm-hmm. and, and understand that. This wow, story, cool. I, I feel like, just shows us how God uses adversity to bring about his purposes. I think... Back in my own life and my struggle with infertility, had I not struggled for so long to have a baby and wanted one so desperately, I probably never would have considered adoption. And, you know, not just to adopt a child, one child, but (laughs) promised the Lord I would have as many as he wanted me to have, as fast as he wanted me to have them, and in however, whatever way he wanted to bring them to us. And so I, as I look back at my own life, I can see how the Lord took that adversity of infertility and failed pregnancies, right? And he used that to change my heart and my desires and my willingness to follow his plan for me and my family. Had I not gone through that, I probably would not have ever considered adoption. Even though yeah. at the time you didn't know why, why? Yeah. you or were going outcome. through that yeah. or yeah. the outcome. Elder Uchtdorf continues to tell us, everyone has suffered at least a little adversity thanks to this current pandemic. The long-term consequences of this virus go beyond physical health. Many families have lost incomes and are threatened with hunger, uncertainty, and apprehension, loneliness, disconnect, and the list goes on. Yeah, and he continued, and he said, there are still a lot of unknowns about this virus. And this is what caught me the most powerful, what he said. But if there is one thing I do know, it is that this virus did not catch Heavenly Father by surprise. Even though this pandemic is not what we wanted or expected, God has prepared his children and his church for this time. We will endure this, yes. But we will do more than simply grit our teeth, hold on, and wait for things to return (laughs) to the old normal. We will move forward and we will be better as a result. You know, I think that we needed to hear that. Oh gosh, I, I, I know, know I did. Yeah, we needed to hear that. Okay, this we're not. You know, we're not just gonna just hang on till it's all over because that's kind of how I've been. You know, mm-hmm. just <laughs> waiting for the dang masks to come off. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it is. It's moving forward with this new normal, and I, I don't know. I loved that. Another thing that I I loved was when he said that in a way we are seeds and for seeds to reach their potential they must be buried before they can sprout and then he said it is my witness that though that though at times we may feel buried by the trials of life or surrounded by emotional darkness the love of god and the blessings of the restored gospel of jesus will bring something unimaginable to spring forth I love that. I love mm-hmm. the thought of that. Just what a great visual that is, isn't it? See those those seeds. Um, kind of made me think about when I was a little girl. I was raised out in the middle of nowhere, and I was the youngest of four kids. Uh, but my sister next to me was nine years older than me. So basically, I kind of grew up as an only child. And my only neighbor was across the street and down, but we lived on a busy street, so it wasn't like I could go to her house anytime I wanted. So... I uh, spent a lot of time playing alone, and I remember as a child often thinking that when I was a mom, I was going to have a lot of kids (laughs) so they could all have a best friend. You know, it's funny. I used to think that all the time, 
And then, okay, fast forward to my 23-year-old self getting married, ready to start a family. Um, we just decided to let kids come when Heavenly Father wanted them to. So two months later, I was pregnant. <laughs> but that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. And, and that, was, that was hard. Anybody who's had a miscarriage knows how, how difficult that is. And a year and a half later, I had my first baby boy. And then I had another miscarriage after that. And then another baby boy. So when I got pregnant the third time, and we didn't have insurance, we paid everything out of pocket, and so that meant no ultrasound, right? We didn't, not everybody just had ultrasound mm -hmm. then. Yeah. Um, the doctor said that the heartbeat sounded like a boy. I remember going home from that appointment, sitting on the ground in my kid's room in the closet. I still remember exactly where I was. <laughs> Must have been cleaning up or something. <laughs> I don't know why I was in the kid's closet, but I just sat there sobbing. I cried to Heavenly Father, and I remember promising him that I would have as many kids as he wanted me to have. Interesting, Sherry, that <laughs> you said the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I think we all must have done that. <laughs> we, uh, I promised him I'd have as many as he wanted me to have if I could just at least have one girl, <laughs> right? Well, come time to deliver that baby, and you can imagine the joy that my heart felt when the words came out, it's a girl. <laughs> I'll never forget that laying there and just feeling that joy that I had that girl that I had asked for. But then as I looked at her, she was completely gray. This little eight-pound baby, not little, <laughs> the big eight-pound baby, mm -hmm. completely gray, and I, I just felt like she was dead. I just knew it, and I didn't get to hold her. They took her away um, immediately to the NICU, and I just laid there crying, and that joy that I had just felt seconds ago was turned to terror <clears throat> that, that I wasn't ever going to get to hold her. Well, gratefully, she didn't die, um, but thinking about that, how could I have known at that moment what unimaginable things that the Lord had prepared for me. Um, how could I have known, f for one, that the promise I made on that closet floor would require a lot of blood, sweat, and tears from me. <laughs> and um, I would go on to have 10 children. And not only that, but I had my first two were boys, then after that beautiful baby girl came five more girls, so six <laughs> girls, and then I ended with two boys. So each of my kids got to grow up with their best friends, oh, just nice. like I'd imagined as a child, <laughs> you know. Um, and now I get to watch that beautiful first daughter of mine go through her own pains of infertility. But I know that God will do unimaginable things in her life. And she's just learning to walk by faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's, she's feeling buried right now, right? Yeah. She's the she's seed. underground. Uh -huh, <laughs> being buried and waiting to spring forth. Yeah. You know, and become, I'm sure the Lord has something very unimaginable for her in store as well. And, you know, once again, I refer to my struggle with infertility because I remember that feeling. I know what she is feeling. I often felt buried by failure, discouragement, and, and disappointment. 
um, but through priesthood blessings and miracles, the, the Lord did something absolutely unimaginable in my life and made me a woman who had been given less than a 5% chance of ever having children, right? Um, and made me the mother of 10. To hear all the details on that, you'll have to go <laughs> to our, <laughs> our Mother's Day <laughs> podcast. But so good. You got so many, so many miracles. I and I think we can all say that, right? Yeah. Marlene, Connie, yeah. you look at your families. Right. I'm sure when you first got married, you didn't envision. No, not at all. The beauty be- that you see before you now. <laughs> I couldn't have imagined the beautiful what's going chaos on. that's before you now. <laughs> oh, it is. It's for sure. God's love is so immense. Um, I think about my little grandkids. I think about the joy that they've brought me. Um, And it kind of reminds me, you know, my entire life, well, I've taught fitness classes my entire life. And it was always my hope to have a long, healthy, strong, physical body and enjoy an active life. Um, So I could keep up with these eventual grandkids I was hoping for. Um, People would ask me all the time, are you still teaching water aerobics? And I would say to them every time, I will do it until I die. It's a wonderful <laughs> exercise for all ages. Um, I really believed that I would be teaching until I died. I know. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> However, I, I have been plagued with several injuries and unforeseen health issues. And, you know, my life has been drastically altered. I think God knew, though, that I would never quit teaching, even though I would ex- um, suffer some exquisite pain after each class. And I, I did begin to pray to be guided to know what to do. But that quitting teaching was not in my... <laughs> right, that wasn't part that of wasn't my quitting. No. We weren't praying about that. Um, but due to a construction flaw with the pool that at the gym I was working for, the pool was on the second floor. And, oh, it's beautiful. We had windows. We could see mountains. It was just the most beautiful, beautiful pool. And yet, from the minute that the pool opened, there was a small leak that would go down to the bottom floor store. And um, so we had some issues all the way through the, you know, several years. And then they made an unexpected decision to permanently close the pool. And, you know, I never imagined that my teaching would end that way. I mean... I didn't have to make the decision the Lord right. made it for me, you know? And I mean, right. I know I could have taught other clubs that this um, facility had, but I mean, you know, other facilities that this club had, but I just thought, okay, that's my that's answer. My answer. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was my time to retire. Um, I, I don't know though. It, it's, it, it just wasn't the way I expected that answer was going to come. And I will say this, my, my pain isn't completely gone. I, I've had many, many more health issues that have surfaced. And yet I can see how God is taking care of me, even if I am stubborn, you know. Um, just in the last pleading with him, I asked, um, how long before I'm going to get some answers to this pain? And I felt this quiet voice say, soon. And, you know, because I've known he's answered and heard my prayers in the past, I will wait and I will trust. That's the key, isn't it? learning to wait patiently on the Lord. That's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, every, every dispensation has faced its times of trial and hardship. Um, for example, Enoch, that we read about in the Bible, his people lived um, in a time of great, great wickedness. I mean, a time when the Lord, you know, commanded Noah to, to 
build an ark because he was going to have to get rid of everybody. It was so Mm -hmm. wicked. But Enoch had led a group of people that chose to serve the Lord and set themselves apart from the world. And then the scriptures tell us the Lord came and dwelt with his people. He had something unimaginable in mind for them. He helped them establish Zion, a people of one heart and one mind who dwelt in righteousness. And so we see that, you know, it's possible to live a life close to God when the rest of the world is wicked. I mean, I think that's an important thing for our day right now, because I think sometimes people feel like it's it's impossible to to live a good, solid life faithful life in a world that we live in right now, but it is, but it is possible. Um, and I love the story of young Joseph in the scriptures too, the son of Jacob. Whenever I read it, I find myself wishing I could just warn Joseph to either keep his mouth shut (laughs) or run for his life. You know, I'm just like, don't say it, don't say it. Um, (laughs) but we know that his brothers would throw him into a pit and sell him into slavery where he would be betrayed and thrown in prison. You know, he spent a lot of years in prison and how abandoned by God he must have felt. You know, he must have wondered if God had forgotten him. But God had something unimaginable in mind for Joseph. You know, he used that period of trial, and I'm not not just a short period of mm-hmm. trial, a very, very long, I think it was 14 years that he total that he was in prison. Um, and he used that to strengthen Joseph's character and put him in a position to not only save his own family, but all of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Something he couldn't have imagined laying in that pit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, Elder Uchtdorf, he continues to say and tell us that how many times in the early years of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints did the saints despair and wonder if God had forgotten them? But through persecutions, perils, and threats of extermination, the Lord God of Israel had something else in mind for his little flock, something unimaginable, like going from a church with six members with persecution at every turn to a member of 16 and a half million. That's right. We can look back through history and see so many amazing examples. So what do we learn from all these examples? Um, Elder Uchtdorf tells us, first, the righteous are not given a free pass that allows them to avoid the valleys of shadow. We all must walk through difficult times, for it is in these times of adversity that we learn principles that fortify our characters and cause us to grow closer to God. You know, I've often thought to myself how entitled kids feel these days. You know, don't you find yourself (laughs) thinking, these kids are so entitled. (laughs) I think they need a car and (laughs) a phone and everything. But um, after hearing these words, I found myself realizing how often I have felt entitled to the Lord's blessings. You know, um, I, I remember as a young mom finding myself throwing a fit with the Lord and, and letting him know that, you know, I've done this and this and this and this, and it's time to pay up. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's just how I felt. I felt like, Hey, I've been told if I do this, you're going to do this. So, um, thankfully I have humbled myself and can see the error of my ways. That's just not how the Lord works. And, um, no more than we as parents would give our kids all that they expect just because that they think that we should. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Elder Uchtdorf said, We also learned that our Heavenly Father knows that we suffer, and because we are His children, He will not abandon us. So earlier this year, our son Brigham, he told us about his friend, and his name is Bear, that his mom was leaving and that Bear wouldn't have a place to stay. At the time, our house was kind of crazy because Aubrey was getting married and it was just a really full house at that time. And Bear stayed with his girlfriend in, they had a trailer on their property and so he just stayed there and I offered him to come stay at our place after Aubrey left and was married. So the end of July, he came and stayed with us. And during this time that he was staying with us, he would participate in scripture time, and he would be willing to, he's just a really good kid, and we would tell him what the rules are, you know, whenever it's time to do chores, he would get right up and do chores, and, and even curfews, we would tell him, okay, this is the time that you need to be in, and and he would come to family councils, and so he would be talking to his girlfriend through texting, and she would say, why didn't you text back? And he said, oh, I just went to have some family time. She's going, family time? What do you do in family time? He said, oh, we were just talking, and and that really intrigued her. And then um, one night... Um, she was bringing him home because she doesn't, he doesn't have a car. And so he said that he sat out in the car talking to her for quite a while because she was having a meltdown. I said, oh, what was the problem? And she felt like, gosh, my parents don't expect me to be home at a certain time. They must not love me. They must not care that I'm not home at a certain time. And, and he was, and she had noticed that he, was happier these last few months and seemed to be happy. And he then told her that, you know, I can't make you happy. You've got to find the things that make you happy. And as I was listening to all of this, I said, Bear, do you think you being having the gospel more in your life these last few months could have could be the reason why you're a little bit happier than maybe before? And he thought, yeah, I guess so. You know, he hadn't really thought about it. And then um, one week, you know, the come follow me lesson was on tithing and we sat there around the table telling stories about tithing and really what tithing was. And then just the other night we had another family council, just make sure we were all on the same page that he and us, um, had the same expectations. And, and at the end he said, so how do I pay my tithing? So, you know, through his hard times, and he mentioned, I've never been in a stable home. I've never had a situation where there was just stability. And so I think, you know, the God has something unimaginable for him. He's gone through some really hard times with both parents. And so I, you know, he'll find out what... Yeah. what is coming next oh. in his life. And that's an excellent example of how the Lord, you know, has been looking out for Bear through his hard times and your family taking him in is evidence that the Lord had not abandoned him like Elder Uchtdorf, you know, the quote that you used earlier. The Lord was aware of him and still helping to provide for his needs. I know that um, my son Connor, who a lot of our kids have struggled through this pandemic and there's so many things that have happened in their lives. But in Connor's life, he didn't get to have an opportunity to go to his very last 
um, semester of college where he's such a social guy and he just really, really wanted to be able to go and have his last time, you know, mm. um, anyway. And, and in that sense, you know, he's trying socially to, to get a connection with anybody. He lived with his parents. I mean, how boring is that? In the bottom <laughs> of the basement, you know? And, um, and things were just really struggling. He was struggling with it anyway. Um, after, oh gosh, I don't know how many months of trying to, you know, find dates and stuff like that, he, he met a wonderful girl. And, and um, at the, about the same time as he met her, he was also struggling with trying to find employment. And um, he'd had so many trials so many interviews that didn't go right. He'd get a second interview and then that didn't, the next one, he never got the next one. And I remember watching him get more and more depressed. And as somebody who's so happy all the time, he, he's just joyful. So to see him in that regard just broke my heart. And I remember one day just really stressing over the pain I felt because of his pain and not knowing what to do. And not knowing what I could do to help. And I remember thinking of the story of the fourth watch. And I remember telling him even a little bit, you know, you were just getting so depressed about not having a girl. And now, look, I mean, she's, she's in your life now. Hold on to that with, this, with the job, hun. It's going to happen. But, you know, you just don't know how to quite say that, you yeah. know. And so I thought about that fourth watch story. And so I was looking for it in the scriptures, and I was reading a couple of talks. And I thought, okay, how am I going to word this? So he takes it just right. And um, in the process of that, I came upon a story of Hagar in um, the Old Testament. And, and it was a powerful story because it wasn't necessarily something I would share with him. It was for me because I was kind of on the fourth watch watching him going through the fourth watch, you know, right. I mean, he'd gone through so many things and I was just, you know, any struggling, struggling. And in this story of Hagar in Genesis 21, it, it talks about, she was out wandering in the wilderness of Beersheba with her son Ishmael and they were about ready to die because there was no food. There was no water. She was holding this child thinking, I cannot watch this child die. So she went and put him over by a tree. And, um, and she lifted up her head and just wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of the um, heaven and said to her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand. And I know that my pleadings for Connor, I was searching for a way to lift up this lad. Um, I knew he was crying to the Lord. And that scripture just helped reassure to me that God knew the cries of him. That is beautiful, Connie. And that goes so well with another thing Elder Uchtdorf said. He said, God will watch over you and shepherd you during these times of uncertainty and fear. He knows you. He hears your pleas. He is faithful and dependable. He will fulfill his promises. God has something unimaginable in mind for you. He also went on to say, our best days are ahead of us, not behind us, because this is the church of the living Christ. And because he directs his prophets, we are moving forward and upward to places we've never been, to heights we can hardly imagine. This doesn't mean we won't experience challenges and hardships. In fact, 
things might get worse before they get better. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> Yeah, how'd that make you feel when you heard that? I remember oh. just thinking, oh, well, so much for waiting until things get back to normal. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> That's not what we want to hear. <laughs> Elder Uchtdorf went on to share this. As a fighter pilot and airline captain, I learned that while I could not choose the adversity I would encounter during a flight, I could choose how I prepared and how I reacted. What is needed during times of crisis is calm and clear-headed trust. This morning um, when I was thinking about that concept and thinking about Elder Uchtdorf as a pilot, and I thought, yeah, if you think about it, what good would, ha- would it do in the middle of a flight to wonder, why am I experiencing this horrible turbulence? <laughs> yeah. You know, why did that instrument fail or, or to panic in any way, right? Right. It would not be good for him or his passengers. <laughs> he had to stay clear-headed and focus and rely on his knowledge and training to get him through it. It's kind of like when we are in the middle of a trial or crisis, it really doesn't do us any good to panic or sit there and waste time questioning, why are these things happening to me? You know, we just, like he said, we need to stay calm so that the spirit can work through us and then continue forward with a trust in the Lord, a trust that we are in his hands. So how can we keep calm and clear headed? How do we do this? One, we face the facts and return to the fundamentals, to the basic gospel principles, to what matters most. You strengthen your private religious behavior, like prayer and scripture study, and keeping God's commandments. Connie, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember sometime in May I talked to you about how since COVID, you know, it had been a couple of months by that point, that I felt like I had lost some of my connection with heaven. I think we were working on a, a podcast yeah. or something, and I just I just couldn't get the feel of it or flow of it. And I couldn't figure out why I was struggling more with receiving revelation. And so I did some self-evaluation, and I realized that I needed to find new ways to strengthen my private religious behavior. You know, I needed to return to those fundamentals you just mentioned, Marlene. I, You know, I no longer had that uninterrupted uninterrupted morning scripture time when the kids were at school. I no longer was receiving the spiritual nourishment weekly from the temple or at church. Right. That's been a huge thing. It was huge. I was finding it much more difficult to listen to some of my favorite Come Follow Me podcasts because it just didn't feel right to be walking around the house with earbuds in, you know, when I had all the kids at home and my husband working from home. Yep. And so my spirit was starting to suffer from malnutrition. And I knew that I had to find ways to up my time in prayer and scripture study, those fundamentals that help us stay connected to heaven. So I prayed about it, and the Lord has helped me find ways that I could do that. You know, I I do remember that, Sherry. I remember that time um, and that exact experience you were sharing. I mean, I know. I remember that, and I remember thinking that. And That is so good. Um, It kind of leads right into what, Elder Uchtdorf said that we need to focus on the things you can do and not the things you cannot do. Exactly. That's that's not an easy thing to do sometimes. No, I had a high school senior this year, and COVID was especially hard on her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, for (laughs) a few months, I I remember having a conversation with her back in June 
when she started to complain about everything she'd missed out on. You know, our big spring break vacation to Las Vegas and St. George had to be canceled. She missed out on prom. She missed out on graduation. And another trip, the family trip we had planned to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And before the list could get any longer, I had to stop her. (laughs) (laughs) And, And tried to remind her that the key to maintaining happiness through COVID, or any challenge really, was to focus on all the things we can still do yeah. or that we still have, right? Um, for example, although we could no longer meet with our friends at church, we were meeting with our family that was spread out across the, the country over Zoom every Sunday. That was a blessing. You know, something that we haven't never done before. We were spending more time as a family going on walks, riding bikes, things like that. We had children that were able to come home for a week and bring their kids, their fam, the grandkids, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because they couldn't move across the country for their summer sales jobs yet because everybody was still closed down and stay-at-home order. And so that, too, was a blessing. Um, I just, I don't know if that conversation really helped her at all, but I know it was a good, good reminder for me because I just couldn't let myself go down that road of, uh, woe is me. Yeah. yeah, because I found that sometimes it's kind of hard to find your way back. I know. Well, yeah, it's funny because I've told, I've felt this a lot about everybody's saying what bad things about 2020, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is like, let's get rid of it. Let's get. And I've thought so many times, you know, 2020 hasn't been so bad for right. me. And you know, there's been so many good things that have come from it, and. Mm-hmm. I know. I really hope that's because we've kept our thoughts in that way of looking for what God is doing, mm-hmm. the good things. I mean, I really, right. yeah. I'm hoping that's why, because I know we've been told things are going to come even worse. You know, yeah. we're all going to experience something. Right. But I think we've all gone through some, some things which have carried us through to these next things, hopefully. Well, and it's kind yeah. of scary when people are like, okay, let's get rid of 2020. And they're they're going on to 2021 thinking it's just yeah, going to be, be roses. Uh, roses. <laughs> and right. that we can't do that. Might not be. We can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Might I think not be the Lord's years. building things some resilience. Things might get worse before. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he is building resilience. That's I for sure. I like that. Look for the positive. He also gave this counsel, you muster your faith and you listen for the guiding word of the Lord and his prophet to lead you to safety. You know, it's been interesting over the last couple years how we've had changes in the church from the three-hour block to Mm -hmm. um, doing come follow me at home or our ministering has changed from visiting, teaching, to now ministering as the Savior would minister. And then, of course, during COVID, we've had technology um, to our advantage where Mm -hmm. we could, like Sherry said, do our Zoom, do our Mm -hmm. meetings through Zoom um, instead of attending attending our meetings. So that's been a huge blessing that we didn't realize yeah, that I, would come to us. Yeah, I think if you ever doubted whether President Nelson is a prophet or whether you know the Lord is leading him as a prophet, you just have to look at the Come Follow Me program oh, that God. was put in place a year and a half before that help us to turn towards a family-centered religious practice, yeah. and and you know that's it was like all in place and implemented. Yeah, and yeah. Before said, you know, everything had to shut it said, didn't. Down. This this virus didn't take God by That's surprise. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. That's so cool. Um, and I love this promise that he said, "Brothers and sisters, with Christ at the helm, 
things will not only be all right, they will be unimaginable. Can you? Uh, ma- I, I don't know. Can what you is help? All right. I just was thinking, what is unimaginable? I kind of right. like to play with that for a second in my yeah. head because then if you imagine it, you can't really have it unimaginable. Right. But you know, I was kind of going through that. I'm like, right. okay, what? What kinds of things? And and it's kind of fun to play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it can be unimaginable in two ways. So let's stay with the positive side of unimaginable yeah. too. Right. You know, right. And I think it will be the positive because he's just said it yeah. will not only be all right. Oh, right? good. Yes. Yeah, see, there you but go. Unimaginable. Yep. So it will be amazing and beautiful. I know. Our future. It is. And and I loved how he talked about how, um, well, he said at first it might have seemed that, that a worldwide pandemic would be a roadblock to the ro- the Lord's work, right? Mm-hmm. Traditional methods are no longer possible in many areas. Traditional methods of teaching the gospel, right? right. We have missionaries out there and they go door to door. They go to people's homes. They teach lessons. And that all of a sudden that can't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, in the past, we might have been so tied to traditional approaches that it took a pandemic to Mm -hmm. open our eyes. Perhaps we were still building with sandstone when granite was already available. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. You know, the other day I heard somebody tell me that their brother was on a mission and she said, yeah, I think he just wants to come home. They can't, they can't teach the gospel, you know, and all these missionaries, they just, they can't do what they were sent out there to do. So they just want to come home. And it kind of like, I, I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't because I didn't want to, you know, make anybody feel bad. But then that was before he came out and said this. And I thought, how beautiful that, yeah, there are missionaries that are feeling like, mm, I can't do anything, so might as well go home. But then there's others who are out there yeah. that are using their imagination, right? They're using technology, and they're finding new and better ways to, to treat, teach the gospel. And, you know, I thought, um, I, I just began to see a loving Heavenly Father waiting for his children to think outside the box, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to act, to create. Isn't that what he's wanting us to do? I, exactly. I look at, I mean, I basically created a whole job for myself that, <laughs> I, <laughs> that my boss agreed to that I could yeah. do from home so I can be home with my kids. And it's, it's been beautiful. It's been yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think he's just waiting for us to, to figure out his ways. And often his ways are better Right. right, it's almost yeah. like this divine reset in in so many areas, and oh yeah, yeah, missionary work just being one of them. So, in conclusion, we would like to end with this scripture that we find in the Doctrine and Covenants one twenty three seventeen. Dearly beloved brethren or sisters, and I would <laughs> add in here, regardless of what challenges you are facing, let us cheerfully do all things that line our power. And then may you stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God. Right. And in the words of Elder Uchtdorf, I promise that the Lord will cause unimaginable things to come from your righteous labors. The day will come when we will look back and know that during this time of adversity, God was helping us to find better ways, His ways. And until next time, May you stay safely gathered under his wings.